You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone online. Miss Sharon. Hey, Miss Sharon tells me she always watches. So, hi. Good morning. Man, I'm going to score some points for that. I'm going to be her favorite. Just kidding. <laughs> first Peter. Uh, first Peter 1, 1 through 9. Let's read that. First Peter 1, 1 through 9. The Word of God says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Capiconia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God uh, and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth, <clears throat> that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God <clears throat> through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice throughout now, though now, for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice and with joy unspeakable and full of glory." receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. We will end there. Well, uh, we will continue our our lessons. Last week was uh, the beginning, lesson one, a a real church, uh, a real church. And we talked about uh, just kind of the basics of church. And I guess you could say, uh, going out through these, these lessons, we'll talk about kind of the basics of church and and uh, maybe answer the question, what are we doing here? <laughs> why do we choose to wake up, have our alarm clocks ring in the morning, and why do we come here? And uh, it'll answer a lot, uh, many other uh, questions, but uh, we just want to learn about, about church this morning. And uh, we have a, a real faith, and that's what, where we'll be at this morning, a, a real faith. It kind of builds a foundation. Obviously, this book needs to start somewhere, so we're going to build a foundation, a uh, uh, last week, a real church, and this week, we have a real faith. So uh, let's begin with a question. Remember, uh, we like to speak in Sunday school. You're welcome to talk. Of the approximately 400,000 church buildings in America, how many of these do you suppose are real churches as defined by the New Testament? A thousand. One percent. I guess this is just an opinionated question, so go ahead. 
How many, how many of the, all of the churches in America do you think are scriptural New Testament churches? There's 5,000. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. I guess there's no right answer either. The Lord knows. Um, but just, just want to get your wheels turning on that. We learned in our last lesson that a real New Testament church is... Somebody want to say, uh, Pastor, a, a real New Testament church. What's, what's that main word? Um, local. Yeah, local. Uh, a local called out assembly. Or uh, ecclesia is a, a local called out assembly of believers <coughs> belonging to the Lord. In this lesson, we will learn uh, that we are bound together in our church by a set of beliefs a real faith in the doctrine and the teaching of Jesus Christ. Although you can drive through any city in the United States and find church buildings, these buildings do not always mean they house a real New Testament church. And uh, I believe that we know that. These, there may be a real building, a real physical building, uh, but if there's not a real faith represented, uh, then there's not a real church. So this morning, we're going to talk about a real faith, because that's what makes us a real church, not just a real building. Maybe we should count how many times I say real this morning. Just real. Yeah. Yeah, they need to start off with using a real Bible. And, um, or I, I just don't like how uh, they might use the Bible for two minutes out of the 45-minute service. <laughs> You know, uh, and that, that just kind of bothers me too. Anyway, uh, the Apostle Peter wrote the, wrote the epistle of 1 Peter to the churches in Asia Minor, which is in modern-day Turkey. This epistle was, cynic, was a cynical letter that went from the church... Not cynical. The word is like a cycle. I just don't know... Cyclical. It's like a cycle letter... <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. That went from church to church. Man, I've read this like three times now. Every time I read cynical, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. And then I read it again. Anyway, uh, these the, the letters were passed from church to church. They met in homes and other available places. Um, their testimony reminds us that the church is not just a building. Uh, we can have church in a living room. Uh, just as long as, uh, what, are, what is the credentials that we're meeting? Well, it's a called out assembly of people. It is assembly of people uh, worshiping God, uh, worshiping Jesus Christ, our creator. Uh, and it doesn't matter if uh, we meet, you know, it could be a living room, a basement, um, a storefront. I don't know if any of you met there, but I've heard of a church that have. <laughs> but uh, it can be many places. Uh, and uh, all worshiping the same God. But the difference is a real faith. While, while false religions and false teachings tend to generate doubt and create confusion, a real faith is a foundation by which we should live. It provides strength and security based on Jesus Christ himself. This is our foundation, our strength and security. So number one, a real faith promises hope. A real faith promises hope. And I know that, that you're not going to write stuff down, so maybe I can, I can go a little faster now. Uh, our hope is based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope in our faith 
is based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So First uh, Peter 1.3, you're already there in your Bible. First Peter 1.3, <clears throat> Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope is a living, breathing hope of Jesus Christ himself. His resurrection is the foundation of our faith. After all, our, our salvation couldn't be possible if it were not that he did not rise again. This hope, the hope for every Christian, is found in Jesus' resurrection. So, uh, I remember I, I, I preached uh, the Wednesday after Easter, and uh, there was a whole, uh, I think about 12 of us here, which I, I kind of laughed at. That was pretty funny. But um, what I preached on is 1 Corinthians 15, 13. Uh, Nathan, if you want to go there, 1 Corinthians 15, 13. And I kind of played, uh, uh, I don't want to say devil's advocate, but I kind of answered the question, well, on Easter we celebrate that he rose again, but what if he didn't? And I, and I taught a whole message on but what if he didn't? And uh, this set of verses where we are, let's read this. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, our preaching is in vain. It's all for naught. And then our faith is in vain. Our faith, what, our foundation, it's all for naught if he did not rise again. Verse 17, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. And ye are yet in your sins. Uh, We don't have the forgiveness of sins if Jesus isn't risen again. Verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of of all men most miserable. Um, There's no point. There's no hope. There's no faith. There's no forgiveness of sins. What's the point? We're just a miserable people. Uh, If there is no resurrection. Verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For the unsaved, their hope is in a dying hope. Uh, but for God's people like us, uh, our hope is alive and real uh, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is not a vain hope that we made up, <clears throat> but we have two substantial reasons to hold to this hope uh, based for our faith. Uh, Letter A, it's based upon the witnesses of the apostles. Uh, Many people witnessed Jesus Christ risen again. Uh, Do you know how many? Does somebody want to shoot a guess? Because I know at least of one number. Because he met met with 500 at once. So your minimum has to be greater than 500. Um, So we could say now from then on, then we're just guessing. Could be 700, you know, could be near a thousand that saw Jesus Christ risen, saw him living again uh, after he was crucified. We have the eyewitness accounts of those who saw Jesus after his crucifixion, Acts 1, 2, and 3, until the day in which the Lord was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the, the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he showed himself alive after his passion, for by 
many infallible proofs, being seen of forty days, and speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Many of these eyewitnesses were the same people who saw Jesus crucified and knew that beyond the shadow of a doubt that he had died a real physical death. Uh, They heard him say, It is finished, and saw him give up the ghost, and they saw uh, the man put the spear in his side. His resurrection is no fable. Three days after his death, the stone from the tomb was rolled away, and we could see that he was risen. Uh, And... If you want to talk about maybe what makes us a little bit more distinct or what makes our faith more distinct, uh, we believe Jesus really did physically die. He really did die. Um, And you might say, well, well, yeah, Ryan, doesn't everybody believe that? Well, no. Uh, Some might say he fell asleep. He fainted. um, He was not buried uh, in a tomb, you know, some other things come into play. Uh, We really did believe, we really do believe he died. And then we really do believe he was in that tomb for three days and three nights, just as the word of God says. And what do we base our faith on? Well, we have a hope that he really did rise again three days later. We totally, completely believe that. And uh, that is our real, that's a a piece of our foundation of our faith, which is kind of going back to the beginning. That's what we're talking about. A real church, a real faith, uh, the resurrection of Christ. The testimony of the apostles and the other witnesses of Christ's resurrection are a challenge to us today to share the living hope of Christ. Many of these witnesses gave their lives as martyrs because they would not be silent about the spreading and, and the, the uh, witnessing of Jesus Christ. They had a real faith based on a real hope, and they knew it. We, too, have this real faith. Uh, <clears throat> may we be as faithful as, as telling others and teaching to others uh, about Jesus' resurrection and how he died for you and, uh, and he rose again. Amen. Letter B, it is based upon the word of God. It is based upon the Word of God. <clears throat> so why, you know, number one, why do we have this hope, a real faith and a hope? Well, first of all, we know that Jesus rose again. And second, it's based upon the Word of God. Even though the eyewitnesses are dead and gone, and you can say that, well, these, these people are dead and gone. This happened thousands of years ago. The Word of God is still here, and it is an eternal testimony of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Peter, who saw the resurrection, the resurrected Christ himself, pointed out the written record of Jesus Christ's resurrection is more sure even than a verbal eyewitness testimony. 2 Peter 1.19. 2 Peter 1.19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do dwell, ye do well, that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the late until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The word of God is incorruptible and eternally enduring. Um, and, and it just speaks of the Bible. The Bible is another foundation of our faith. 
Um, it's something that we lean upon. So it doesn't only have to be, well, there were eyewitnesses, yes. Uh, but the Bible also proclaims he rose again. This is the incorruptible, eternal word of God that testifies to the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Have you ever had, and, and why, don't, why don't we raise, raise our hands, have you ever had somebody ask you, how do you know uh, if the Bible is accurate or, or real? Someone? Yeah? How, how can you, because that is the basis of our faith, how do you know that? Well, I... Uh, if, if somebody wants to think about an answer to that question, uh, you go ahead. I had somebody ask me that, um, and I, I gave a few, a few answers, but one of them I gave is that it doesn't make sense to me if God created us, gave us a word, and then now the word that he gave us is now all screwed up and, and, and messed up and it doesn't make sense to me that our Creator wouldn't preserve His Word. It, it doesn't make sense to me that, and, and if you think about it that way, a, a mighty, almighty Creator that we have created us and said, here, I, I want you to know some things. I want you to know about me. I want you to know my law. I want you to know about how to uh, have a relationship with me, how to talk to me, how to come to church. I want you to know, and it doesn't make sense that Oh, well, God is thinking in heaven. Oh, my, my word is, is all messed up. All right, that's too bad. That doesn't make sense to me. And uh, so we believe maybe another distinctive that we have uh, is that our, our, our Bible is the perfect word of God. It, it does not contain error. Um, and we believe it. So we can take it as when it says that he rose again, I believe it. He rose again. What does it say? Three days and three nights? Yeah, it was three days and three nights. And we believe that that was three 24-hour periods, you know? And uh, does anybody want have any comments? What would you say to someone? Well, how, do you, how can you really tell if the Bible is accurate? Any comments about that, Pastor? Mm-hmm. historically, uh, however they try to do, but uh, uh, from an archaeological standpoint, but every it stands up to scrutiny every time. Right. Uh, and then people will say, oh, contradictions, but nope, because there again, it just it continues to stand. It just cannot be taken down. It's never been taken down. Mm-hmm. And every criticism has been, you know, it's, it reminds me of the verse that says uh, something about rebuking the Lord, but be, be careful lest you be found a liar. And anybody who tries to stand against Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anyway, so it just totally stands up against scrutiny and has for thousands of years. Emily? I didn't want Ted to ask me, but how can you go against reading the Bible but you'll believe this half? Yeah. You'll believe what's on the mm-hmm. internet. Sure. You know? You'll believe anything else, yeah. but once. I think maybe something that bothers them is that uh, it's so uh, maybe black and white, or, or we can, hey, we can for sure stand on this. Well, how do you really know? Um, and and they, they are shaky 
and maybe it bothers them that we are firm, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Nathan? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can point at other historical events, and it also confirms the Bible uh, uh, from other outside views. It confirms what already happened in here. Ron? Mm-hmm. How, how is that? Right. This is our record, uh, and this is what makes our God uh, different from the other gods or different from other things to follow, I guess. Yes? Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it's yep. crazy how it all just years. Mm-hmm. And did not exist over years. Right. Exactly. Pastor? I just add to that 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 really is probably one of the best the best scriptural answer to prophecy until uh, because really there's none of the other sacred writings out there, quote unquote sacred writings, dare to prophesy. Uh, mm-hmm. they just tell these stories or whatever yeah. about or they leave it vague enough. Yeah. Their prophecy is vague enough that if they're wrong, that's okay. We can still kind of argue that we were right. That's right. So, uh, I would just say from what Nathan said, not only can you look outside at other historical events, but also you can look at what the Bible said about the future, and it's all of it is adding up. All of it uh, makes sense. Let's continue on. Uh, Number two, a real faith promises heaven. So number one, a real faith promises hope. Our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, we gave reasons as to why uh, we we believe that. The Bible says so and the people that witnessed it. And second, we have a real faith in the promise of heaven. Many religions claim a belief in heaven, but they cannot promise heaven. There is no hope... uh, in religion. There's no hope in religion. There is only a hope in Jesus himself. Notice that our text promises uh, regarding heaven. And that's 1 Peter 1, 4. 
Uh, we're still, we should still be 1 Peter 1, 4. And this is speaking of heaven because of verse 3. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away and reserved in heaven for you. This verse provides truths about heaven. And by the way, heaven is one of my all-time favorite topics to talk about. I love it, love to study it, love to talk about it, love to learn more about it. Um, where is my loved ones? Well, you know, it, it, I just kind of feed on uh, learning more about heaven. Uh, first, it's a real place. Letter A, it is a real place. Heaven is not a mystical or nirvana experience, uh, but it's a real place. It's not a kind of surreal experience. It's not a kind of surreal existence. There are th- three phrases in 1 Peter 1.4 that describe the attributes of a real place. First of all, it is an, an inherited property. The Bible refers to it as an inheritance incorruptible. The phrase speaks of a tangible property that is received. It indicates a literal, physical place. Heaven is not symbolic. It is a real place that those who have trusted in Christ will live. Jesus also spoke of heaven as a real place. Uh, and that's John 14, 1-3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And remember, uh, I think it was Wednesday, pastor preached about uh, where is the promise of his coming. He, he told us he would come again. And here, if I'm preparing a place for you in heaven... I'm going to come again, you know, uh, and we can give many Bible reasons on why Jesus is coming again. But again, if, maybe think logically, if we have a prepared place, it doesn't make sense that he would not come again to to take us to said prepared place. Also, one of my favorite um, lines of, I've ever heard, I've, I have it memorized, uh, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. In this passage, Jesus describes heaven as an inherited property as for the believer. In Revelation 21, it speaks of heaven as a real place, and it points out that the best out what the best parts of heaven will be. Uh, notice especially verse 3, Revelation 21, 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he dwell with them, and, he, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verse 4, And God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Man, I'm excited for a, a new body. I'm sure there's many that are excited for a, a new body uh, and... I've thought of when I've seen, uh, don't you think, you know, when you see somebody that's really sick and then you think, oh, man, they're going to run laps in heaven. Man, they're going to have a, a good time, a good time up there. And it's always better to because in our minds, we see the sick person. Uh, but man, in, in heaven, I'm, I'm excited 
for uh, what they look like and, and what they're doing uh, with their new body. Jesus himself, our living hope, is there. What a great day that will be uh, when we go to this place to see him. Are you excited to see Jesus, to meet him uh, for the first time? I certainly am. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about heaven, and we can think of many reasons. I had a, a professor tell me his favorite reason is that he's not going to sin anymore. Yeah. And that no more sin. And, and I thought, man, your favorite reason isn't to see Jesus? It isn't to see your mom or dad? or No, no. It's because he's not going to break God's heart anymore. He's not going to hurt God anymore. He's not, he's not going to break the law anymore. It, it is impossible for him to sin anymore when we're in heaven. Amen. So uh, just this is a part of our hope. This is a, a part of our faith, is that we have a real place uh, prepared for us. Heaven is an incorruptible place. First Peter 1.4 says it's incorruptible and undefiled. In heaven there is no rottenness, no decay, nor mildew or rust. <laughs> There's no imperfections, in other words. Heaven is perfect. Heaven is a, is a perfect place. Can it get any better? <laughs> yes. Well, 1 Peter 1.4 says that it is an immortal position. This place, it fades not away. So this perfect place, but also it, it doesn't go away. It fades not away. Uh, as I think that's on the screen. Yeah, 1 Peter 1.4, 1, it fades not away. This phrase comes from the, the root word meaning perennial. Does anybody... Recognize that. Hey, Miss Lydia, do you recognize that word, perennial? Yes. Uh, we worked at Menards together, Miss Lydia and I. She was in the garden center, and I was around. <laughs> I was around the garden center. I, <laughs> I'm really bad. at. Uh, so I was assistant manager at the time, and I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm really bad at the garden center, so I'm just going to kind of like let you do you, and I'm going to walk away. <laughs> You know, and, and if somebody says, hey, is this an annual or a perennial? I'll be like, yeah, 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 sure. Sure it is. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, but I, I didn't think about this until I read this. Could you say heaven is a perennial? It doesn't fade away. It, it doesn't go away. It, it doesn't decay. Uh, heaven uh, never withers. It never dies. In this real faith, it gives us a solid hope in this real place. I need to continue a little quicker. B, it's a reserved place. So letter A, it's a real place, but letter B, it's a reserved place. Uh, it's a reserved, First uh, Peter 1, 4, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. And, and I think I'm going to continue on, but uh, remember, it's a preserved place for a prepared, uh, it's a pre- prepared place for a prepared people, and it's reserved for you. Nobody has your name. Uh, nobody is taking your spot. <laughs> uh, it's prepared. It's a real place. And, and uh, there's a place for you. I'm going to continue. Number three, a real faith promises help. So I guess I can review a little bit. Real faith promises hope because of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of this resurrection... This faith promises heaven. Uh, 
because of the shedding blood of Jesus Christ. Number three, a real faith promises help. Real faith is a practical, helpful faith. It is fixed upon God who helps us through life's challenges. As Peter speaks of the help promised through the real faith, he says it provides cause for rejoicing. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. We're there. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. We rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. You're in heaviness. You're in trials, temptations. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried through fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. As Peter speaks, excuse me, our letter A, help in our heavy times. Letter A, help in our heavy times. Who hasn't known the, the burden of a heavy heart? Every one of us go through seasons of manifold temptations, many trials, situations that are heavy loads on our shoulders, and sometimes those around us don't even know anything about the weight we are carrying. And that is certainly true. Uh, by the way, Pastor mentioned this. We strive to be a real church. Especially myself, I want to be, I want to be real with those around me. And when I say, man, I, I struggle with this. Uh, man, I, man, would you pray for me? Would you help me with this? Oh, this is not my strong suit. Something like that. And our, our pastor says the same thing. We're just real people trying to serve uh, and do the calling that God has called upon our lives. And what, hey, by the way, what an attractive thing about a church. And when I first started coming here, I had, I had someone tell me, Ryan, this is a real church. Okay? Real people who, who, who will meet you right where you are. Who, who struggle just like you do. Wow. And, and when I first started coming here, that was extremely attractive. I wanted to continue to come. And I, I wanted to learn more and hear more. So by the way, this is a, an attractive thing to our visitors to and because and, we might we might kind of forget because we we might come here every Sunday uh, and let's let's be real let's continue to be real and meet people right where they are and just because people don't look the same as we look we need to love them right where we are right where they are and uh, and let's uh, continue to uh, show God's love to people and and hopefully bridge the gap from. Uh, from their life to eternal life. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say. I can say it in a better way, but uh, help them to bring them to eternal life in a, in a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through salvation. Uh, that's what we want to do. So anyway, uh, let's uh, continue. When we're in the midst of burden, it seems if it will go on forever, but it won't. It is only a season if our heavy burdens last for an entire lifetime, they cannot last forever. They're only temporary assignments. And in heaven, we'll be thankful for the blessings God brought to our lives through them. Romans 8.18. Romans 8.18. I kind of laughed at this because I think of a southern person. For I reckon. 
I reckon, <laughs> southern, southern people, that the sufferings of the, this present time are not worthy to, com- to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Yeah, we're, we're, we might be in trials and temptations for, for a time, for a season. Sometimes this time might be a day, a night, a week, a month, and possibly years, and a lifetime. But again, it is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And uh, man, what a blessing that is. What, what, a, what a good reminder in us that God is working in us. And if, if your trials, if your things go on for a long time, then we can go back to heaven and say, hey, we have a blessed, lively hope. We have this hope that heaven is a prepared place for me. I've got my name on it. Nobody's going to take it from me. God's got me in his hand. Man, and we can, we can go back to that. But as I, as I said, I, I love heaven, love talking about heaven. Many Christians learn more about the Lord and grow more in their relationship through him through six months of a trial than maybe they could through six years of preaching and Bible study. We might grow, we will, excuse me, we grow quicker and, and more through trials and through our tribulations. God has a way of doing a special work in our lives during trials. The trial that God, the trials that God allows are not meant to destroy us, they're meant to strengthen us. They're not meant to cause us to wash out, but to more establish us and stabilize us. Let her be help in our trying times. Help in our trying times. These heavy times are trying to our souls. But real faith brings help that is soul deep. (laughs) Peter compared this trying times in our lives to the purification of the process of gold. And the Lord promises us that though we be tried with fire, though we're going through a lot and we are tried, we will later be found unto praise and honor and the glory at His appearing. God gives us many specific promises for our heavy trying times. He promises that nothing can separate us from His love. And I appreciate this. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Can tribulation, can hard times separate us from the love of Christ? Distress, persecution, famine, Nakedness, peril, or the sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long and are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are found more than conquerors. We're found conquerors, more than conquerors, through him that loved us. And this is, this is what I mentioned, uh, another verse that I have memorized. Verse 38, I am persuaded, neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities, Powers or things present or things to come, height or depth, any other creature is able, shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Separate me. I like to say me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And we can make, hey, we can make these verses personal, but uh, our lively hope 
a hope that we have. And although that we're going through trials, although that we're going through hard times, nothing can separate us from the love that God has for me, no matter anything I go through. So, if you're going through a heavy time, you can know that God is with you and he will never forsake you. Real faith promises help during our real trials. No wonder God calls us God calls our faith precious, more precious than gold. Amen. Our faith is a precious thing. In conclusion, many of pe- millions of people have a church building in which they meet or a denomination in which they affiliate, but they don't have a real faith. Buildings don't make a church. That's kind of summarizing last week. A lot more than a building. Real church, a kind of church that Christ instructed us to be a part of, is a group of people that are bound together uh, among a common faith. It is our faith that promises real hope and a real home in heaven and real help for us today. So that just summarized the three points we had today. Uh, Let me say that again. A real hope, and we said a hope, a hope of Jesus Christ that he raised from the dead, and we know that. A real, a real faith promises heaven. Uh, we know it's a real place, not a fictional, not a daydream. It's a real place. And thirdly, we have a real help in our trying and difficult times. And that is all a part of our real faith, which is Lesson number two, which is what we just got done with, real faith. Uh, That is another just foundation and basis of what we are. And I I hope you've learned today maybe some distinctions that might separate us from uh, other uh, beliefs or or religions, if you might. Uh, You might call it Baptist distinctives. Uh, That was a fancy class that I was in. But uh, just what makes us us or what makes this church, this church, us? This is our foundation or, or building. Do you have this faith? If you have trusted in Christ as your Savior, 1 Peter 1.13 has a word of instruction for you to enjoy the faith that you have. 1 Peter uh, 1.13. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope, to the end of the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our faith flourishes when we purposefully reign in our minds in our minds and choose to focus our hope on the Lord Jesus Christ and his return. Anything else, it's it's not in uh, I guess I'll just say it's not in anything else. Because I can give examples, but that pretty much sums it up. It is not in anything else. Any questions, comments, uh, we can end there. Any 